No mai, wairua tapu, hare mai ki kone. Morena, Elijah and Karen here. We are the pastors of Unite and we are a church of small communities that apprentice under Jesus. And we're in a different part of our house. Well, it's the same part, but different angles. Just trying out different angles. <laughs> As a faith community, we desire to grow as apprentices of Jesus, according to the Bible, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Being devoted to God in Jesus with one another. Showing the world the love of God. So here we are, continuing in the, here we are, <laughs> yeah. on our dining room table, continuing in the book of Acts, desiring to follow Jesus in our day to day, reading scripture as a way of seeking Jesus together, knowing his love in the core of our beings and walking in trust of the spirit of God within us. It's a good thing. It is. In this week's passages, we see the beginning of the gospel spreading to Jews and Gentiles from town to town as Paul and Silas go about the journey. The message of Jesus had two main groups of responders. Those who were curious and eager to accept Jesus as Lord, and those who were aggressively against his new teaching. One group were filled with joy at being saved, like the jailer in the story. Uh, another were bothered, were... Hmm. I'm sorry, I wrote something weird. <laughs> Another group were bothered that their way of thinking and living was being challenged. Paul and Silas were saying that Jesus was king in a culture driven by the narrative that insisted that Caesar was king. Hmm. The way of Jesus challenged the beliefs of the day. You couldn't hear that message and stay in the middle. It was either accept and change or reject and counter. And we see time and time again these two groups being formed as they respond to the message of the gospel of Jesus. How can both Caesar and Jesus be king? Mm. The message of Jesus was countercultural then, and I think it's countercultural today. A question we might want to consider before God is this Where is the message of Christ counter the culture we live in? And before we consider the wider cultural issues of our nation, let's consider this question for ourselves and with our hearts in mind. Mm. So we could ask, how is the Lordship of Jesus at odds with how we as Christians are living presently? How is the Lordship of Jesus at odds with how I am living right now? Mm. What else contends for kingship, the kingdom of God in our way of living? Perhaps it's money financial security, our individual purposes and desires and dreams, perhaps our dream home, our desires or fears for our children, uh, our desires for good and interesting experiences. Uh, perhaps it's our particular framework of thinking about God, our career maybe, our need for new and exciting things in our lives, or maybe our friendships. There are many things and many good things that can contend with the Lordship of Jesus in our hearts. Would we find great peace and joy in admitting and surrendering those things to Jesus and seeking his kingdom rule and reign in how we live our lives? How we spend our money, our time, the words we say, how we respond to the pressures of life, how we make decisions, and how we respond to God when we make mistakes and um, bad decisions as well. Because his way is true. Mm. His way is life. His way is better. Jesus is a good king. He is a safe king. He is true and just and merciful. There is no greater name by which we are saved than the name and the person of Jesus Christ, 
the servant king. It's his nature as king that draws us into holy surrender. Because it's the most reasonable and good thing to surrender to a good and true king. Mm. I'll finish uh, this thought with a prayer from Romans 12 verses 1 to 2, which reads, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen. Awesome. Um, And I'm going to read, I'm going to slide this so it's going to really mess up the, it's fine, who cares. Um, (laughs) I'm going to read from Acts 17, 16 to 34. So it's quite long, but I've kind of put some thoughts in there in between. Um, So I'll start with verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. When was the last time we were distressed to see our city full of idols? Yes, they're different to what they were in Paul's time, but the deep set need for them remains the same today. Things, ideas, people to give our worship attention, time and lust to, it's all around us. If our hearts aren't in distress for the people around us, I consider that a problem. The heart of God beats and longs for those who are lost. Mm. Do ours. Verses 17 to 21. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know that what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. The Epicureans pursued pleasure as their chief purpose in life and valued most of all the pleasure of a peaceful life, free from pain, disturbing passions and superstitious fears, including the fear of death. They did not deny the existence of gods, but they believed that they had nothing to do with man. How familiar does this sound? And also what a hard life to live when living presents all of the things that I mentioned, sometimes in abundance. As believers in God, he is our anchor in this life. Without him, we can live like this, pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain and suffering. And the next part here is a really great summary of the gospel. Um, As I read it out, listen with your heart open in worship to our King. Mm. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. 
From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he would judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. It's great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty beautiful summary of the gospel, and yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as we ask these questions, let's consider those in our lives and in our world that need Jesus, yeah. and keep that in our hearts and in our prayers. Yeah, we're not just gathering for ourselves; we're gathering in prayerful hope and faith for others to know Jesus too. Yeah. So, Tahi, first question: What does it mean for Jesus to be Lord and King in our lives? In Rua, how is the Lordship of Jesus at odds with how we as Christians are living presently? Which leads us to the final question. It's a good question. Uh, Toru, where are we led to surrender and trust? What are we led, sorry, to surrender and trust Jesus with? What are we led to surrender and trust Jesus with? Could be ideas, thoughts, patterns of living that we need to give over to Jesus. And let's consider... Um, Sorry, there's a cat meowing. <laughs> let's consider the lost and let's consider what it means to be in a world uh, of idols and what it means to bring worship of Jesus in the middle of that world. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yet again to finish, thank you Unite for your regular giving into community mm-hmm. life, thank your you. regular gifts of money and time, committing yourselves to the word and prayer and the practice, practice of Christ's love and community. We are thankful to Jesus for you. And we're so hopeful for God's leadership for Unite, for us as a community, a part of, we're so thankful we get to be a part of the body of mm. Christ, and we're thankful that God's put us together in this way. It's, it's a rich blessing. Mm. Uh, for those of you out there that feel led to regularly give to Unite with your finances or want to get in contact or are interested in a neighborhood church uh, and in the rhythms, uh, and you feel the Spirit lead you in that way, you can find info and get in contact on our website, unitechurch.org.nz. Yes. Um, this video is available in podcast form anywhere you listen to podcasts. And a, a reminder for this year, we'll be doing all-ins on the last Sunday of every month in place of our neighbourhood church gatherings. Um, yeah, last week was beautiful. It's a good time to get together. And um, yeah, we encourage you to get along. Our next one will be on the 26th of March, and this time it will be at 10am at the Unite Hall. Nice. Um, may we rest in the goodness of our Father. May we trust in Jesus as Lord. May the Holy Spirit form us and guide us as we journey together. May we practice Christ's love in community. May Mm. we partner with God in his mission of reconciliation and renewal. And above all else and in all things, may we know that we are truly and wholly loved by God. Amen. We're praying for you in the love and grace of our Lord Jesus. Aroha nui. Bye.